0: Okay, everybody, I am back once again for another episode of Demand Excellence. And today I have Coach Brad Wagner with you. Many of you in Georgia might remember him when he was the Assistant Director of Player Personnel at Georgia Tech. And then he also worked at Elbert County for a year. But now he is in Tennessee, and currently he's the head football coach at Gatlinburg Pittman, two years going 11-2. and two. I really have enjoyed some of the stuff he's been putting out on social media. And so I asked him to do a podcast to kind of learn from him. Coach, first of all, thank you for being on the show. And kind of when I study you, you know, you had a college experience in the coaching world before you got into high school coaching. Talk
1: a little bit about your progression as a coach. Well, you know, I think just like anybody, you know, growing up as as a young kid, I loved sports. And you know, If you had asked me in high school what I wanted to do when I grew up, I, I would have told you I wanted to be a football coach. So there was never a question of what I wanted to do in life. You know, I just had the opportunity. I st- got to start out in the, in the college setting, and then, and then I would say it came back to the high school setting. But you know, my most my most influenced person growing up, I guess they influenced me growing up, was my high school coach, Bill Thorne. I went to Landmark Christian. I went to a small single way high school. And that was probably where you know Coach Storm kind of influenced me to where that's who I wanted to grow up and be like. And I wanted to you know give back and find a way to to help kids be successful in life. But At the same time, you know, being a part of a team, being being in a competitive sport is you know coaching is, is what I love doing. And I'm just you know like I said, I, I'm just kind of le- I lead God's plan for my life. And you know, I'm just very thankful I get to do what I do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Coach, you started off as a GA for Alabama at some point early in your career. What was that like for you? What did you learn while you were there that you could still implement today? You
1: know, just doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, and, and doing it the best of your ability. You know, when you're a graduate assistant, you know, uh, when I started out as a, as a, as a graduate assistant at Alabama, I was in the weight room. I. Helped Jeff Rousey, who at the time was a linebacker coach, kind of helped him at nighttime, helped drawing up scout cards. And I mean, honestly, doing did a lot of work with, with very little pay. You know, uh, I think back then you didn't get what the graduates get today, and you got $500 a month and uh, they paid for your graduate school. So uh, I think I took just looking back now, I mean, that kind of taught me uh, what hard work was about. You know, you, you just got to do the job that, that that you've been given, do the best you can, and and you know, just take each day with a with a mentality that you're going to do that job the best you can, and to be better today than you were yesterday. Yeah, you know,
0: part of my objective in doing this podcast is one a what can I learn from people, how can I get better? But then there's a lot of young coaches out there that listen to the podcast as well, and what you just said. You could talk a little bit more about it. When you were a GA at Alabama, you learned just to do everything. I think sometimes we're we're ready for a leadership role right at 23 or 24 or 25, but we think we're ready for it, but we're not. Talk a little bit about how that prepared you for your next steps.
1: You know, I think, you know, it's no, I mean, I, I know young coaches, I mean, it's, it's a different world today. I mean, it can be kind of social media has changed a lot of different things the way you progress at the ladder has changed a lot of different things. But I think the biggest difference was back when I started was, you know, nobody cared about the title you had. I mean, you just kind of, I mean, I, I mean, I was a graduate assistant, to be honest with you, probably half the people didn't even know I didn't work in the building there, but it was my job to make sure that whatever I was, the task, whatever I was given to do, that I needed to do it the best of my ability. And I think so many times a day that, uh, you know, coaches get, so much caught up in, in, in what title you have instead of just taking the job that you've been given, be the best you can at that job. And, and if you do that, then I think it, it, it'll, it it'll make a name for yourself. And, you know, I, I just, I just believe in, in hard work. I believe in, you know, making sure that whatever task I've been given, I want to, to be able to make sure that when I finish that task, they say that whoever did that task, did a really good job in it and did the best they could at that job.
0: Yeah, that's very good. I was reading a book this weekend. And it was about the success of Nordstrom. And basically their philosophy was customer service, obviously, and they were going to go hire nice, caring people and teach them the business instead of hiring business people who weren't nice and caring. Bottom line is, you know, they, they found those people who fit their core values and they, help them become what they wanted them to become. And so in the coaching profession, hey, if you'll work hard and line the fields right or put the pads out right, you're going to get promoted because you can be trusted. Coach, talk a little bit about your time there at Georgia Tech as the assistant director of player personnel, what you learned and, and, and how that impacted you as a coach.
1: Well, you know, I I was fortunate to get hired by Paul Johnson. You know, I had no connection to him. You know, I played at Georgia Tech in the early 90s, but, you know, obviously Coach Johnson wasn't there at the time. And I was a high school coach at the time when uh, Coach Johnson hired me. I think he just got tired of hearing from me. I I kept on trying and trying trying to get on with him at Georgia Tech. And so when he first hired me, he hired me very little pay. Actually, I took a pay cut coming back, going from high school back to to college, even though I was going to Georgia Tech. But – a lot of people didn't know that I was taking a pay cut when I went there, but you know what I learned the most. I think what really helped me because I had been a head high school coach for ten years before Coach Johnson hired me at Georgia Tech back in 2014. And I think the the biggest thing I learned working for Coach Johnson was 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 just the organization of how being. I mean, I, I thought I was, I've always been an organized person, but but learning how to be organized. To be more efficient in what you're doing. I think you know, you know so many times in high school. I know back when I was in high school, back in the you know, back in the '90s with Coach Thorn. You know, you'd practice for three or four hours a day. And I think that I remember back when I first started, you know, coaching in high school, that you know, you'd have those long practices. But I, but I learned from the fact where you know a lot of those practices were long because we weren't really efficient at what we were trying to get accomplished. And so I think that just an organizational standpoint. In the college setting, really helped me as a coach to learn from that standpoint. Obviously, there's so many. There were so many guys on that staff at Georgia Tech. You know, you had Mike Seawalk, you had uh, Andy McComb. you had Ted Roof. There were the guys that I, I mean, Mike Pelton. There was the guys that I really leaned on and looked up to. That, that I was trying to learn as much as I could from those guys. And and, and you know, those guys were were brilliant with X and O's, but. It still comes back to relationships and how you can relate to your players, and uh, that was something that Coach Johnson always talked about. Was the fact that it doesn't matter what you know, it just matters on what you can get those players to know. And you know, I, so I, I was able to learn a lot. You know, even though I was dealing mainly with recruiting them, you know, I bet it was a a time of where I was able to learn a lot, and it really helped me be a better high school coach when I came back to coaching high school.
0: Absolutely. Coach, when you talk about practice organization and you talk about Coach Thorne used to practice three or four hours and you did as well when you first started. And then what you learned from Paul Johnson, break break that down a little bit for me. Like how did, so obviously you could trim practice. So how can
1: you practice shorter and still be more efficient? I think you got coach on the run. I think I think that's something that that, that I've learned over the years that there's you know, so many times that, you know, I think Coach Johnson was big on the fact was we don't go to the, to the next thing if we can't master what we're trying to get a to start with. You know, so many times you want to, you know, you put in, you, you got on your script where you want to put in three different plays a day. Well, if you can't get the first play down right, then there's no reason to go to that second play. So, so we I guess what I've learned over here, we do a good job of of making sure that when when we meet as a staff, we're going to meet as a staff and we're going to discuss our practice plan and our script and how we're going to teach it and how we're going to coach it. And then we're going to meet with our players and we're going to teach them in those meetings and we're going to walk through in those meetings. And then so when we go on that field and we've already taught it, to them on the board, and we've talked them through the walkthrough, so that way they know exactly what we're fixing to do on the field. And so, and then obviously, you're going to have to correct things on the field as well. But I think that you've got to have a plan in place, kind of thing we know. I'm sure I'm like most coaches, you know, we have five-minute intervals in our period during practice every day. So, you know, our kids kind of know what to expect when, you know, when we start practice every day and kind of know how to, the format of practice. But, you know, we're really teaching in our offensive groups, you know, we we we're gonna we're gonna have a, a 15 minute period today where we're we, we're gonna maybe teach this particular play, especially during spring practice. You know, we're gonna teach this particular play, and so we're gonna have you know the offense alignment. We're gonna work on their certain things on the, on their you know their gap blocks or you know whatever the run blocks are or pass block, depending you know on what the play is. But you know, our, our quarterbacks are gonna be working on their footwork, their steps, how they're carrying their fake off of it, and our, our bats are gonna be working on their steps. So so everybody's working on their details. So when we when we come together as a group and we're coming into as a team, then those kids understand exactly what we're trying to do instead of just trying to just you know, just make up a play on the run at practice wise. So I think everything we do, I think is it is Thought out is is taught. It is coached. It is detailed in meeting rooms and coaches to the players way before we ever get on the field. And so that I, that's been the biggest difference and change back from when I was in high school. Uh, you didn't have a chance to meet with the kids. I mean, you, sometimes you just go out, you know, practice right after school, and there was no meeting time. And so it, it's a bit different back then than it is now. But we we take advantage of all the opportunities we got with our kids to be able to get things coached up way before we ever get on the field.
0: Absolutely. So I'm going to come back to that when we talk offense. But my first question for you, you know, kind of to where you are right now at Gatlinburg-Pittman, you know, when you you left Georgia Tech and you went, I think I'm correct here, but you went from Trusdale or Truesdale to Elbert to South Pittsburgh, and now you're at Gatlinburg-Pittman. And when I kind of read over that and was reading about you, I had talked to Justin Rogers last Week and he was at you know he just won the state championship at Thomas County Central, and so he had gone from Jones County and then he goes to Colquitt and then boom he really hit his stride as a coach from a wins state championship standpoint there at Thomas County Central and he kept talking about fit right the timing and fit like that's a big part of coaching and a lot of times we're successful because of timing and fit kind of like Andy Reid with the Chiefs. Perfect timing, perfect fit, obviously got the perfect quarterback. Talk about from between Georgia Tech and the different schools that you've been at, and now you're at Gatlinburg-Pittman where you're having a lot of success. Talk about what you've learned, why you've moved, and and what you're doing different now at Gatlinburg-Pittman through what you've learned.
1: You know, when, I, when I left Georgia Tech, to know, Trousdale. Trousdale is a place that had won 10 state championships place that at the time had just come off two seasons in a row where they were they weren't very good. They they were just down you know, for whatever reason at the time. And and so when I kinda walked into that situation, you know, that they were looking for someone maybe to try, try to get jump started back. They just I mean just been down for their standards. Not maybe not for the outside standards, but for just for the their standards. And so, you know, I was able to walk into a place where it had a lot of tradition we're, there was a work that, that had been established by by some great coaches there. and But, you know, the big thing was, was just getting those kids, the, getting that fire back in those kids. And, uh, you know, we were able to, to win the region my first year there. And then we played for the state championship in 2018 there. And uh, – you know, when I look back and, you know, you kind of look at different things, well, maybe I should have left there. And, and, and you know, it was just – it was a long ways away from, from my family and my wife's family. So we came back to Georgia because I had most – all my years of experience had mainly been in Georgia. And so I went to Elric County. Elbert County is a great place, great people. And, you know, we, we, we went to – I followed Sid Fritz, who was a great football coach. He had been a great coach in the state of Georgia. We went to the playoffs my very first year there. You know, we had, we had a good team coming back, but that's when COVID hit. And and that, that COVID kind of changed a little bit of everything, kind of changed my thinking a lot of different ways. You know, during that time when they closed down the school, we kind of moved back to where my wife's from the other side of the state of Georgia, uh, in Somerville, Georgia. And so uh, we went back there to spend time with her family. And during that time, when you did was so much uncertainty, you didn't know what was going to happen with, with football or school or anything at that time. We decided to move back closer to family, to where her family was. And South Pittsburgh High School, which is in the state of Tennessee, which is right over the Georgia line near Chattanooga, was a place that they had to open them. And so we, we felt that it had been safe just to be in that, in that air with, 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 with all the uncertainty in the world at the time. And so we went there, and we played for the state championship. I was the, the defense coordinator, which was a step back. But it, it allowed me, to be honest with you, to learn from – Dick Ryder, who was the head coach there at the times in the Hall of Fame, State of Tennessee, it won over 300-some games. It allowed me to learn from a from a great football coach and someone that uh, I, I have a whole lot of respect for today. But we played for the state championship in 2020. And, and you know, from there, I knew I wanted to be a head coach again. That's when things had kind of settled down. But I, honestly, I knew nothing about Gatlinburg, and Pippen. I, I knew nothing about this place at all. And – all I knew is the Gatlinburg was a place he came on vacation, and that's all I knew about it. To be honest with you, but but Pimple I placed this guy lots of tradition. That they had a head coach named Benny Hammonds, who was the head coach here for over forty years. He's in the Hall of Fame in the State of Tennessee. I mean, he's a fantastic guy. He's one that, you know, I'm. I'm just lucky to be able to carry on the tradition that was here. But it was a place that you know that they have won games. They've been very successful in the playoffs. But you know, we kind of you know when they hired me, they wanted to just bring in someone a fresh new face. And so when I came in, uh, we just kind of had that motto where we're going to take the tradition that's been set here, and we're going to try to make it better. And and you know, over the last three years, we've won like 29 games. Over the last two years, we've gone 22 and four. We just had. Two players signed Power 5 here, which is the first time that that's happened here in a single season here in a long time. And so we're really excited about it. But, you know, when you go back and you're talking about fits, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it, it was just a good fit for me here. That, you know, it was a good fit for my family. I've got a son that's – he's in sixth grade. What's it's actually He's in fifth grade. He's going to be in sixth grade next year. But my wife's a school counselor. So it was just – I think God opens doors the right times for you. You know, I, I, looking back, it was probably – I probably moved too many times back early in my career, but I was one of those coaches that was really motivated. I had a I had a vision of what I wanted to do, but you know I think it's a little bit different now that you know that guy's son that you know that you know he's fixing to start junior high, and so it's a little bit different now from that standpoint because when you make moves now. You're thinking about how is it going to affect him and so forth. But um, uh, but like I said, I'm I'm blessed to be here at Gatlinburg Pittman. It's a great place, and you know we got great players, I got great staff, and it's a great community sport as well.
0: Yeah, Coach. I mean, I'm kind of jealous. I love Gatlinburg. I, I would go broke, though. I just took my son and his friend to Gatlinburg the pat, this past weekend, and I think I just blew like $1,000 on nothing. Like, like I'm talking the arcade. I mean, it's all crazy what you end up spending money on, but, but man, I definitely love it and definitely think it's w- probably one of the best places to coach Gatlinburg-Pittman right there at Gatlinburg. So, Coach, You're a defensive coach. You were the defensive coordinator. Have you always been a defensive coach? You know, you had your success there. South Pittsburgh, I know, as a defense coordinator. Is that uh, where you hang your hat
1: as a head coach? You know, what's crazy is is I made my mark on defense. I mean, that's what got me my first head job back 20-something years ago. But but since, I guess, probably since 2010, I've, I've, I've been on the offensive side ever since. I just got to a point where I I'd have had a, 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 a defensive guy on the defensive side that I felt really comfortable with. They could call a defense, and and I'm just not I'm not one of those coaches at this point in my career. I mean, you know, I'm I'm getting old, but I'm not to the point where I don't want to just be a a CEO overlooker. I I, mean, I, I want to coach a position, so I want to, I want to coach. You know, and so that's, that's why I do offense. I, I call all the plays here on offense. You know, when I was at trail there I coached the offensive line and called the offense here. I kind of worked with the with the with the running backs and the quarterbacks. You know, I've got a really good quarterback coach here also. But, but I love I love the game planning part of it. I love the, uh, the coming up with the strategies and on the how to how to get after people on on Friday nights. But uh, but now my demons aside, my my demons corner tell you here I got a great one here Jimmy Rowan. But uh, but he, he, he has to deal with me a lot because of the fact that. Uh, I still got certain ways I like to do things on defense. That uh, uh you know, me and him will we'll meet long and hard on on Saturday, go over different things. But uh, by any, the longer I've been here, the obviously the more the more I trust him, and he's done a fantastic job. We had a great year this past year, and, and the big reason of that was because of what he did on defense for us.
0: So, as an offensive coach, you've been on the defensive side of the ball. So you have studied offenses you've seen all the different types of offenses so you know what causes you the most problems as a defensive coach you work with Paul Johnson so I'm curious to ask what offense do you run and what are some of your core philosophical things
1: that you do offensively well you know here we're we're more of a I mean, I don't want to use the word wing T, everybody's wing T under symbol. I mean, we're a spread a, more of a spread look team here. We 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 do play with a tight end a lot, You know, we'll get a lot of different spread formations with a tight end, but we'll spread you out. Well, I mean we'll spread you out, with no tight ends and we 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 use a H back a lot. So it's more of a it's more kind of what Gus Gas ran when he was at Auburn. But it's kind of a, spring, a spread, spread wing T look. But we're gonna you know, from a running game standpoint, we're gonna we're going to run power. We're going to run buck. We're going to run counter. Those are the three things that we always hang our hat on. But we're going to do a lot of different motions, a lot of different shifts. Yeah, you know, a lot of people call it eye candy, but uh, we're going to try to do a lot of different things to to get to, so those linebackers can't just read our guards or you know can't read the H back because I think that you know those, those are keys that you know when, if I'm a defense coach, those are things I'm looking to be looking for. But you know, I, I think in in this in this world now. Everybody I talk about all the RPOs and stuff, and the RPOs is that definitely added a dimension to our offense. I mean, there's no question about that. But, you know, I think that depending on what type of quarterback you have, like this year, my quarterback was more of a runner. But this, when I had this past year, the sign with VM, he was more of a thrower. And so, well, we threw the ball for over 3,000 yards, but we had, we had a running back that had right at 2,000 yards rushing as well. So we were very balanced. But I think that. Anytime you got a quarterback, they can, they can do both. I mean, I think that when you throw an option in the game, people don't like to talk about option because they, they they gave Paul Johnson a lot of problems and grief about that, but a lot of people had a hard time stopping it as well. And so – but I, th- I think you got to figure out, you know, we're going – I mean, we're going to be – I think we feel our philosophy is we have got to be able to run the ball and kind of to win the playoffs You've got to be able to run the ball, but you also got to be able to throw the ball as well. You can't be just one dimensional. But can, can you know, as you know, I mean, you've been, you've you played for state championships. When you get it late in the playoffs and it gets cold, you better be able to run the ball on those nights. And and so it, that's just kind of how we hang our head on here. I think that we kind of change. I mean, I mean, we don't have it set in stone. I mean, we, we got to do what our players can do. But from our, just from our philosophical standpoint, those are what we base our things off of.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of defense, you know, you say you have some strong opinions. Defense, you and I sound a lot alike, <laughs> and so. But but what are those things on defense that are kind of non-negotiables for you?
1: You know, I, I'm big on playing I mean, assignment football. I, I mean, what, what, what I tell those guys all the time: I want to make sure we are playing assignment football, where we are reading our keys. I believe in keeping your shoulders square to line scrimmage. I think that everyone has got their job to do, but you know, on defense, you got to have guys that are going to be willing to run to the football. I mean, I mean, we want to be a team that's going to be physical, and if you don't have guys that can run to the football, you're going to have problems. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what scheme where you run a three-four, you run a four-three, or you run a three-three stack, you still got to be able to play assignment football, and you got to have guys that are going to be willing to play their assignments, and. And you know, because defense alignment wise, you know, you can play your assignment and you might not make the tackle, but you may be doing your job and your is making the tackle. If your job is a squeeze, then you got to squeeze. If your job is a spill, you got to spill. And because that linebacker may be getting all the all the uh, tackles in the in the, in the stat, but I know as a coach, if that defense is not squeezing or that defense is not spilling, then. We're not making a play, and, and they're making big plays against us. And so, I think I think I'm just big on making sure we teach them from a fundamental standpoint what we want fundamentally and be fundamentally sound. You know, kind of, I mean, I, I love when I say on offense, it's obviously I love when I see, you know, you get these these big old monster three techniques are just running up field. Then we're going to trap them to death. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if they're going to run up field. I may not be able to block you one on one, but if you go run up field, I'm going to definitely be able to run underneath you. And so. Yeah, I think you just but when you get that big old guy that's gonna pull a very disciplined, then it makes it very hard for you on offense. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, assignment, uh, yeah, I say alignment and assignment are absolutely the most critical things on defense. Coach, it's it's February of 2024. What are you guys doing right now in the offseason to get ready? To, for you the season the football season in 24 and what are your team goals for football season in 2024
1: well you know our team goals are pretty much the same every year i know that's, that's, that's weird to say but you know our team goal is always the our team goal every year is to win the region because right? if you don't win the region if you if, as long as you win the region you're going to you're going to have home playoff advantage for a while at least our second goal is always we want to make sure we win that first round playoffs because you can't get the second round unless you win the first round. Our third goal is to be playing on Thanksgiving weekend in Tennessee. That's hard because in Tennessee to, to play on Thanksgiving weekend, you've got to be in the semifinals because we start playoffs a week earlier here than I do in Georgia. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and then obviously our fourth main goal is to win a state championship. I mean, and, and, and those, those are our four goals to on our board that I mean that that's, that's year in, year out, that, that, that those are goals that our kids can, can name off and, I mean, they do that every year, but as our all season goals and obviously our all season goals, you know, right now we are making our in our weight room right now. You know we 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 we've got our kids in the fourth block every day, so we are, we are we're hard at it. We're all season program where we're trying to get stronger, we're trying to get faster. And then we also when we meet two days a week with our skill guys, they're little small position groups that you're allowed to do. And so our quarterbacks will, will come in early and they'll work on. Fundamental techniques with our quarterback coach and our lineman was getting their four or five person groups and work on that standpoint. So we're busier right now than we are. I mean, I feel like I'm busier right now than I am during the season, to be honest with you, sometimes because it's just we got we got kids constantly. We got some kids that, that may be playing another sport right now. They're coming in before school to get their lift in. And then we have all other players in fourth block. Yeah, but we're big right now. You know, I mean, obviously on on the squat cleans and the benches, there are our three main lifts. But but we've able to, it's really helped us. And we, we've been incorporating a lot of our our agilities and our our speed training. We're, we're working with bands. We're working on any way possible to get faster, to get quicker, and do where we can that that's going to help us to be successful in the fall. And so. It takes kids they are willing to do that. And our kids uh have really bought into what we're trying to get to do here. Our kids know that a standards has been set high by the by some of the classes we've had before them. And and so I'm really I mean, I guess I'm really proud of our kids right now. You know, we got a, a young team coming back, a team that's talented, but, but they're young. We lost some, some really good senior players this past year, but you know, but like I tell them all the time here, you know. It's our job as a program just to build a to load every year. And, uh, and we've got new guys, new faces, new names. It's their time to step up.
0: Absolutely. Coach, you said something during the interview. You know, When you got to Gatlinburg-Pittman, they, were, they had already been successful, had a really good coach. So they had a great tradition. And so you said that your goal was come in there, take the tradition that has been there, and make it better. I think a big mistake a lot of coaches make is they go in somewhere, and they and if it's not broke they try to fix it anyways they try to change the tradition and they try to put their flavor on it or almost try to make it completely theirs instead of just building upon and making it better what was already there what are some of the things that you tried to do
1: to make it better well i think when i first got here you know there's not going to be another Benny Hammonds here. I mean, he was here 40-something years. I mean, I, 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 I'm, first of all, I won't, I won't be alive in 40 years probably. But I think that the biggest thing was when I first got here, I wanted to meet as many people as I could that, that have been a part of the tradition here. There are certain traditions here that that, that I want to make sure that I didn't change any of the other traditions that I did here. My big thing was with the Coach Hammonds and, and a lot of his former players. I got some former players that on my staff here that they played here. I, I want to make sure that we took those traditions they had and, and make sure we kept those traditions, especially some of the traditions that they, they do throughout the year. I want to make sure we kept those because th- those are, are, are part of this school and part of this program that's always going to be about. But I wanted to make sure, So when I told them when they, when they hired me here, I wanted to do whatever I could to take the, the tradition that and the standards that Coach Hammond set here, and I wanted to make them better. It's not about Brad Wagner. You know, I I've lost that ego a long time ago. My the ego I have is, I, is I want to win. I, I I want to be successful in what we do. I take pride in what we do. That's the only ego I have. It has nothing to do about what Brad Wagner gets. It's all about what I can do to help Gatlinburg Pittman be successful, and what I can do to help these kids be successful. Because if I can do what I can do to help these kids and and this school be successful, then I feel like I'm winning. And and so I I just think that whatever decision I make on, on how we do the season program or, how, or what we do on offense, what we'll do on defense, or how we do our our junior high program or how we do the youth league program, whatever we do, we got to do it in the alignment of, of, of what are we doing to making sure that Gatimer Pittman is going to be successful for not now, but for 10 years down the road. And so you got to look at it from that standpoint. You can't look at how, how you feel right now. You, you got to look at it from a – What what are you going to do to help this place be successful long after I go? But at the same time, have success now. But I I think the more success you have now, it's going to create more success later as well if you do it the right way. Absolutely. So,
0: coach, how has your faith in Christ, being a Christian, helped you? Coach, I had somebody ask me like, who, what has been your biggest influence as a coach? Talking about me personally. And I said the Bible, like the Bible has been my biggest influence uh, more than anybody else. Now, that doesn't mean that people haven't influenced me greatly, but the word of God influences me. So that's my how has being a Christian influenced you as a coach early
1: in your career and even now as you've grown, grown older? Well, I think that, you know, early my career, you know, you know, you're always trying to move around to find the, I mean, to find, I'm trying to get one step higher. You know, I was to coach in college and so I, I take this job to get to this job to hopefully I can get to that college job. And, you know, I, I think that what I learned throughout all that was, you know, my timing and God's timing is two different things. And I think that, you know, my faith in Christ is that's, if that's not number one, it, if I, if I don't have my priority is that number one, then nothing else is going to fall into place at the, the right time. You know, I, I think that going back when I was in high school, when I went to Landmark Christian, you know, and, and kind of my 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 dad was one of the founding founders of Landmark Christian, and uh, when they, when, they, when they started that school, you know, the, the kind of the motto was was to you know to make an impact on kids' lives so that so that they can go on and make impact on other kids' lives for for Jesus Christ, and so. You know, I don't want to – I love being a football coach, but I don't want to be identified as just being a football coach. I want them to be able to see Christ and how I do things. You know, they might not agree with how I coach, they may not agree how I do this, but I want them to be able to say that there's no no question that that Coach Wagner's faith is what drives him. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I think that, you know, not that I didn't rely on Christ to start with, but I I think you have to rely on God even more as you get older. I think, you know, you make tougher decisions there's decisions you get to make that, that I make daily that, that I can't make them alone. I mean, I have to, I, I'll pray about it. And I'll just keep praying about it. And, and sometimes they're tough decisions. I mean, being a head coach, what people don't understand that you got to make decisions. Sometimes they're tough that, that affect a lot more than just one person. And, and so I also want to be a, the type of, of leader that, that I want to I see Christ in everything I do, you know? because obviously I'm thankful that I'm able to do the job that I, that I get to do every day. You know, I, there's not a single day that I go to work where I sit there and say, man, I dread going to work today. I mean, i got the best job in the world. I, love, I mean, I love being able to go to work and working with kids and doing what I do every day. But but I know that if if Christ is not the center of, of my life and is not the center of, of what I do every day, then I'm, then I'm not, I'm not going to be successful at it.
0: Absolutely. Coach, as we end, I always like to ask this question and I usually don't tell people I'm going to ask it. But like, what are two things, like kind of two creeds or two things you stand on besides Christ, just as a football coach, that you think are very impactful to
1: your success? I think that, yeah, I, I use it as a hashtag all the time, It's outwork everybody. I, I think that I, I probably worry more about it than my watch this, I mean, I'm crazy. But, I, I mean, I, I want to make sure that we are outworking everybody. And it starts with me. I mean, I think it, I mean, it starts with me. I, I'm the leader of the program. I want to make sure that every day I wake up, I have a plan for that day to, to get better, to, to, to make sure these kids are getting better, to make sure our program gets better, to make sure whether it's be we're, we're, we're better in the academic part, whether we're better, better in, the, in the strength and training part, are we better in the football part? Are we better as an organizational part? I want to make sure that every day that, no one is outworking us. And, you know, that, I mean, that, that's just my motto every day. I mean, that's kind of like the creed I go on every day. I want to make sure that we are outworking everybody every single day to making sure that we could be the best we can be. And then my other, I guess my other motto and creed is, is, I want to make sure that when people look at our program, they, they see our program is, you know, from a toughest standpoint, that we are a very disciplined and committed program. It, not just in on the field of football, but we we're just we were disciplined and committed on how our kids act outside our football program, how our kids act in that school building over there, how we are in the classroom. Because I think that as a coach, you know, when you, if you really want to judge yourself as a coach, I tell us all the time, I remember my my high school coach telling me this, but if you really want to judge yourself as a coach, you know, in like 10 years from now, and you got kids that have graduated for 10 years, when they come back to you, how did they turn out? And I know because, you know, as coaches, I treat those kids the same way I would do my own kids. And I, I think you're around those kids all the time. I want those kids to be able to go and be successful. And I want to be able to do whatever I can to help them, whether it be, you know, this one, commitment or whether it be to help them, you know, make tough decisions or whatever it may be. I want them to be able to come back in 10 years from now and say, your program, the school, your coaching staff. Y'all played some part in uh, helping me to get where I am at the day. And so I think that's where you really feel like you win as a coach.
0: Absolutely. Coach, if you just do that, number one, outwork everybody and you strive for that daily. And number two, a disciplined and committed program in all aspects of life, like you described, that is a full-time job all day, every day for you. I mean, you do it well, Coach. Coach, really appreciate you being on the show as we end it. Would you mind if I pray for you? Yes, sir. Lord, we're coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you for Coach Wagner and all that he represents. It's been a pleasure to talk with him. And Lord, just praise and thank you for his love of Christ and his desire for people to see Christ in him. And Lord, just praise and thank you for the positive impact that he's having at Gatlinburg Pittman and the influence that he's having there at that school. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to bless him, bless his family, bless his program. And Lord, may you be glorified. And Lord, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years after these boys graduate from playing for him, may they come back and just give him raving reviews of of what he did for them. Lord, we lovingly praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Appreciate it, coach. Yes, sir. Like you. Have a good day. Sir, you too.